Kayak Ramirez with my brother. Romeo Taya, como esta, como esta, mabuhay. We are going to have a guest today, our cousin Mike Sinaja on our grandmother's side. Mike, welcome. Hello, hello. What's up, Mike? What's up, brother? How you doing? I'm good, man. You're living my life. Nah, it is. One-year-old. I want to say spent most of my years I lived in Washington, um, Tacoma, Washington, and I moved to San because of the weather. And you have a bike shop. What's your bike shop? Uh, we have a little bike shop out here that we build like motorcycles, custom motorcycles. Um, it's called Riders Block. We're down here in San Diego doing that. We also have a uh, we also own a crane company, me and my son. Uh, we build high rises, so we we run and operate tower cranes. Oh, hey, Mike, you, uh, you you grew up in Buskies? Because I know when I met you in the Philippines a while back before I joined the military, you were living in Baguio. Were you going to school there? I was going to school there. My parent in Baguio. And um, yeah, what, uh, my senior year of high school, they made me go there. Oh, so how was that? Because, like, I know they do speak English. What, was it an international school or was it just a local school? They they actually put me in a a, a public school. It's called Pine City High School. So I well, literally went to a school where no one can speak English, not even the teachers. Not even, What about the Tagalog? Can you speak the Tagalog? I couldn't or speak Tagalog it, or understand it. So what about it? Was it, was, it, a, it was pretty tough. Yeah. So, Mike, did you were you born in the U.S.? You were born in the U.S. Then, were you born? In I was Hawaii? a military. I was a military brat. So I was. I, I was born in Germany, and then we moved to Hawaii. Oh, I didn't know that, because I know your dad was uh, was in the military. So was he Army or Air Force? I forgot. He was in the Army. He was a uh, infantry Vietnam was vet. He, was he? What, what was he? Because I was stationed at uh, Hickam, and but I trained. I trained with multi forces over there by Kaneohe Bay, by Schofield. Uh, do you remember what? Were you in Oahu? Yeah, we we lived in Mililani, and um, he was stationed at Schofield, Schofield yeah, Barracks. So, yeah, I know where that base. I guess I like I trained with multi forces. I mean, especially with uh, the joint forces. So so hello, so you went to Mililani. That, yeah, that's closer to uh, that's further away from Pearl Ridge and Aiea uh, area. Yeah. So. How was that? Well, they, well, the way Hawaii was set up, you know, there's a lot of Filipinos, but it's also with Hawaii, obviously because of the uh, the the plantation for uh, the plantation and sugarcane. I mean, you had a lot of people who spoke the indigenous stuff, like the Ilocano, the Visayas. There's a lot of Ilocanos yeah. there. Yeah, because that's what my sister and I were talking about. Like, she was just talking about that. Like when people had, they used a lot of Ilocanos to go to Hawaii during that time. I think I think you were talking. After especially yes. the ones who were simulated, right? Yes. So they had, um, because they, you know, the especially the igorots, they were used to working in that kind of field work. And actually, our great-grandfather, uh, which would be your dad's uncle, he was asked to go to Hawaii to lead the, uh, some of the tribes there to work in the plantations. And he said no. So... And uh, so there was a lot of migrations from Baguio to go to to Hawaii. Mike, you you were born in Germany, and you were uh-huh. a military brat. Your your dad was you said it was in the army, right? Correct. Um, and then your dad retired. You guys went back. You went back to Baguio. You spoke English. You never spoke Tagalog or Ilocano. And they decided Correct. to put you in an all Ilocano, basically, uh, high school, public high school. Correct. And, so okay. how this went down was I was already a senior in the United States. So when I went back to the Philippines, they only go up to 10th grade. 
Oh, right, right. Okay. So I was with a bunch of 10th graders, and I was a senior. So when I went there, they were telling me my dad hired some girls to teach me how to speak Tagalog. And, you know, I wasn't going to learn Tagalog. <laughs> Not that fast. You weren't going to learn that No, fast. no. So literally they did some, some magic, and I graduated somehow. Yeah, you know how it is. You know how it is. You know how it's like any other country. They expedited your graduation with money. That's all. That is the envelope. The money folded in the envelope in the paper. Most likely. So yes. after I graduated, I went down to Clark Air Base and I joined the military myself. I was in the army. Okay. <laughs> oh, I I didn't realize you was you were also in the military. I know your sister, Marlene, was in the military. Yeah, she was actually stationed at uh, Clark Air Base for five or six years, I think. Oh, I didn't even know that. Oh, yeah, I didn't even know that. So was she? Was she air? She's Air Force then. She was in the Air Force, correct? Yeah, I remember. Okay, yes, because where we all met, we met years later in Tacoma with your cousins. Um, God bless your soul. Your cousin Ray. Uh, was getting married, and Mamang and I, along with Auntie Raquel, and Uncle, I I think Uncle Kugat was there too. Um, I think that was years before we were in the Philippines, before my parents retired. Oh. So that was years before. And then oh. you guys used to come like every other summer. Yeah, okay, now I remember that was because I was in high school. You're right, because I was in high school. And you were in high school because we were about we're about the same age. Yes, that's right. Oh. So you guys, prior to us retiring, we were still living in Tacoma. And you guys came to uh, Ray Zabala's wedding. Yes. And he's your and first then, uh, cousin, right? Correct. And yes. then he, he, um, and then you guys started coming like every summer, every summer or every other summer. Yes. We started coming visit a lot with Mamang. Yes. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, this uh, is my sister. We went to Boston one time. I th I think we went one time. Yeah. So you really didn't grow up in Tacoma. No. I mean, sort of. But you were mostly in Hawaii. In Hawaii. Okay. Yeah, so how how was living in Hawaii because in the in the Boston area where we grew up, there was a hardly any Filipinos. Um there was hardly any Asians, mostly, and so let along Filipinos, you grow up the opposite where there's a lot of Asians. Yeah, because, you know, because like I said, geographically, Boston and the Northeast is closer to, you know, it's closer to Europe. So, I mean, Hawaii is going to have more Filipinos because obviously it's, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's over there by the Pacific. But you just, well, back but, when we were there, back when we were there, we were living on base. So mostly we stayed on base, so it was mostly like Howleys and black people, and you know. Yeah. Hey, man, African American, African American, brother. African American. <laughs> What's Howleys? What did you say, Howleys? Yeah, it's, Howleys, it's a term. White people. White people. Now sometimes because oh. I grew, when I was in Hawaii, like my friends now, yeah, even the the term Howley it depends on how it's used. I mean, sometimes they use it in a derogatory term too, though, because you would literally have. You probably heard this, Mike. I mean, there were certain days which is people like old school Hawaiians. There, there was some. There's still to this day. I don't know. I mean, I'm not. There's still animosity towards you know because of the the way they took Hawaii. So I guess they used to tell me that there was a day when they would beat up the Howley Howley Day in high school. I don't know if you heard that term. <laughs> they yeah. still, my my parents. I went back um, these past few years to Hawaii because of my. My parents lived there six months, so yeah, the locals still call them Howleys. Yeah, <laughs> I yeah. mean, I don't know if it's Howley Day or Filipino Day or whatever, yeah. but oh no, they just the used to use them with a the high school back then. You know how it is when you have integration of different cultures now. It's just, but when they used to, when it, you know, I think there's still animosity sometimes because people, you know, people who are so pro, so purist, especially people who like. Uh, Traditional uh, Hawaiians, they still have that 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 little animosity towards because what happened, obviously. Cause, uh, yeah, for sure. How Hawaii was taken over, but yeah. But, so uh, you, when you grew up in in uh, Hawaii, though, like even the outside, I mean, you mostly 
yeah, you were probably exposed to a lot of, you know, like I said, the Ilocanos. Decide. And what's interesting in Hawaii, they just speak their dialect. Some of the kids that grow up there can speak uh, Ilocano, but they can't speak Tagalog. So it's either, yeah, it's English, either English or their dialect. So, Mike, do you, you only spoke, your parents spoke to you in English. Correct. Right? Because you can't, you can't speak uh, Ilocano or Tagalog. Can you understand it? I can't understand it either. Oh. But, it's it's okay. actually a shame, you know? It's all right. And I go back like twice a year. So it's, it's I feel <laughs> like I've been to a lot of countries, especially yeah. being in the military. And um, Philippines is one of those countries where you can go and not have to be able to speak Tagalog or Ilocano because everybody speaks English. Yeah, and everything's written in English. Correct. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't have like a hard time navigating over there by myself. Yeah. You know, I mean, I get sold every now and then, but not really. <laughs> Yeah. You mean the expression um, where you can be sold? Is that what yeah. you're talking about? Yeah. Oh, the and then another thing, when you talk to them and you, t you talk to them in English, they always say, oh, my nose is bleeding. I don't know what that means, but. Oh, actually, I have to look that up because I don't even know what that means. And I can speak Tagalog and I understand. Um, I've never heard that expression before. I'll have to ask my dad. So but yeah. when you were, okay, because you grew up as a military brat. When did your dad, uh, when did your dad, um, in, in, is he enlisted? Was he enlisted? enlisted? Yeah, he was enlisted, yeah. So when did he enlist in the military? I think he was drafted. So my grandfather moved to Guam. Oh, that's okay. Mamang's cousin, right? Okay. Correct. And then my dad went with him, and then he was drafted in Guam. Oh, he was drafted. Yeah, Vietnam. He was drafted War. for the Vietnam War. Yeah. My whole thought, my whole thought about us being relatives was, Mamang was my grandfather's sister. No, they were first cousins. Through okay, so. Um, your grandfather's mother and uh, your grandfather's mother, so that's your great-grandmother, and our great-grandmother were sisters. So they were first cousins. So we're fourth cousins then. Yeah, I guess so, right? No, third. 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 third because your dad and our dad would be second cousins. Correct. Yes. So we're third cousins. You know what's crazy about that is no one ever on my side of the family, nobody, no one has ever talked about it. Oh. And what's crazy is that we're third cousins, but our kids are fourth cousins and none of them know each other. Yeah. <laughs> I was just talking about this with Chaz. I was like, you know, it's pretty sad that we don't know. Like, we used to go to Makati all the time to go visit. I'm trying to yeah. think your your uncle's name. Um, Uncle Kugat. Uncle Kugat. Yeah. Yeah, Rene. Rene Tayag. Yeah, yeah, we used to go visit him all the time. Like, every other weekend, we used to drive to Makati and go hang out with him. Yeah, in San Miguel Village, right? Correct. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's where, where, we, that's, that's where, that's we where were, I met you. We grew up. Yep. That's where I met you, Mike, that one time before I joined the service. I met you and your dad. I was work I was actually working the uh I didn't have the convenience of my sister and all them, but I just went there to do construction. Like my mom brought me there. I'm she said, I'm gonna buy buy your plane ticket, but uh you have to get you you're not gonna have any money to do anything, but you have to work at the construction site. So that's what I did. That's I was making cool. Yeah, I was making Filipino wages. <laughs> <laughs> that's cool. I was, yeah, I was. No, uh, that's pretty cool, and actually, that's very American. You know, you have to yeah. work your way up. Yeah, I was the laborer. He said, "What the heck is this kid doing here with gloves and boots?" Because everyone's wearing chinelas, shorts, and no t-shirt. So there's no such thing as the OSHA out there. Yeah, so yeah. No, no safety stamp. But yeah, it was fun though. I'd work during the day. But you had to know somebody there though, right, to work there. No, no, it's Mamu's construction company. Remember they? Because we were she before I joined the service, she said, "Well, we're gonna rebuild the house in San Miguel Village." Oh yeah. yeah so it was her. Actually, there was a few times there was a story because 
But for the people who saw me at the construction site, there was a few times these like spoiled, like you could tell spoiled rich kids were trying to sell their like products or like rebar or cement, uh, rebar and uh, cement and other materials. They saw and me little, there. Their hollow yeah. blocks. Yeah. So they saw me there. And then a few days later, I was at a party and they looked at me. It's like they, they could remember. Said they, they probably thought I was just a construction worker. And they were like looking at me funny like I was nobody. It's like, what the heck? And then they didn't realize, you know, my gra- my grandmother and my uncle owned the project. So, But, you know, it, just, it was funny. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was funny. Cause actually, one time, even the neighbor who knew us, she thought I was a construction worker. And then I saw her at a uh, at the, one of the Greenbelt shopping area. And I was trying to talk to her friend. And then she told, she whispered to the girl, hey, he's just Trabadorian, which means he's just a worker. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, because yeah, in the Philippines, they, they could be really snobby. Very yeah. classic. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. So my yeah. dad's a member of the Baguio Country Club, and they're snobby up in there. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. So I was, when I was there in October, I like I said, I go there twice a year. Prior to COVID, I was going twice a year. So I know wow. all the work. I know all the workers in the country club. I mean, I've went out and hung out with them, went to the bars with them, and they know who I am. And this last time I went in October, I was wearing a, a motocross, like, jersey. And I sat at the table. The manager let me in. I was sitting in the veranda. And one of the waitresses walked up to me, and she goes, Sir, out in the veranda. You have your own <laughs> canteen down below. And I said, I looked at her. I was like, I look like a driver? And she goes, Yes, sir. You, you look like a driver. I was like, um, you want to bring your manager over here real quick? And she goes, okay. So the manager comes over. She goes, um, hi, Mr. Sonato. And I was like, well, your your waitress here wants me to go to the cantina for drivers. And <laughs> she pulled the, la- the the waitress away oh, and, and kind of scolded her. I was like, I mean, you, how are you going to judge by the way I look, you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, you know, that is an you know like that culture unfortunately yeah because like i said one time i went to solaire and i i walked in and then i saw this couple like they wouldn't even let them in because they look like street people it's like man but that's just the way the culture yep. is over there oh they're yeah very strict because they're very even, strict even when i went to the lto to get renew my license i, I only had slippers and a, a, a nice t-shirt but they said sir you can't come in unless you have shoes so i had to go back to the next day because you know they're, they're strict on yeah, they're strict sure. on attire. Yeah, everything's about attire over there. No, so, everything is about looks there. Yeah, it's looking well, the part. Well, when you, I, I heard you still have to, when you, when you submit your application, you still have to submit a picture of yourself. That's the way it still is in some parts, most parts. Yeah. Yeah. So, Mike, that's cool that you get to go back twice a year. Wow. Well, I'm trying to set myself up. I'm on this five-year plan. Well, I've been on a five-year plan probably like the last 15 years. <laughs> so, so I have this five-year plan where I, I do want to retire Baguio like my dad did. Um, I bought a condo out there. So I bought a condo out there probably like eight years ago. I've never lived in it. Every time oh, I man, go you should have told me last time I went there, I could have airbnb that. We had to do an Airbnb at the golf club. Golf club. Bro, I got a condo. You have the Airbnb. Nobody even stays there. I haven't even yeah. lived there not one well, now, time. Now I have your info. So next time, yes. Yeah. So um, I, we're going back in two weeks. I'm going to the Philippines in two weeks. Like I said, I go February and November. Yeah. Oh wow. So, so my wife and I are going back in two weeks, and we're gonna go furnish our condo. But I mean, we're still probably not gonna stay there. Yeah. But, okay. I mean, well, John G and I are gonna go there next time. Yeah, yeah, go there. You guys can stay at our place. Yeah. yeah. No, but no. we we do want to we do want to trace back um, with our relatives because all I know, like I said, John G and I were talking about our lineage and the American influence in in Baguio, and we were talking about uh, our Igorot side of the family or our like Igorot side of us. And Are you, you sure we're Igorot? Huh? Yeah, we're Mama, Mama's side is Igorot for sure. I thought they're from from Irisan, um, down in La Union. No, Mama, Mama, uh, she told me like she has the because um, you know the Pepsi or the Coca Cola uh, factory over there. Yes, uh, Mama has land over there. Okay, 
Yeah, so she's she is from that region because you know my wife, uh, she's uh, she she studied in Baguio and she knows all about that. You know, she talked to Mama, but she Mama is Igor. She's so. What 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 region is she from? Bontuk. I have to find out, but because that's what I tell my sisters, there's different regions, and you know, there's even different part, different tribes where they grew up when they be when they were split up back in the day. So I gotta find out. See I think it is the, the Bontok because that's it goes back to Momong's story about the the um, being educated by the missionaries, and that's where the Episcopalians and the Anglicans were were in the Bantok region in Baguio. And that is why Mamang uh, followed up to the point of her marriage, the Episcopalian religion or or faith. And she had friends. Actually, she had mentioned she had friends in Boston prior to her living in Boston. And it was because of the missionaries that she met and knew about when she was growing up there. So my wife and I, we met in Baguio. Um, oh, so she can we, speak Tagalog. She speaks Tagalog. She speaks Ilocano. She speaks up. Uh, she's actually 100% Igorot. She, her family is from uh, Banawi and Ifagao. Oh, okay, okay. She even speaks their native language with her mom. Oh, that's good. That's real good. Okay, so, so not Ilocano. So another... Like she speaks Ilocano, but she speaks another dialect. It's called, it's from Ifagao. And, um, so it's, yeah, it's a sub-dialect. Yeah. Yes. So, yeah. and it, it is totally different from Tagalog. Like, you know how in Tagalog, you, when you say yes, you say oh, oh? Yes. In their language, they just say oh. Ah. Uh, well, see, that's very interesting because during the Spanish time, they actually cut off the Igorots from what they say, the lowland, which is most rest of Luzon. So the Igorots were actually isolated until American missionaries came, um, the Episcopalians, and they tried to integrate the Igorots with the rest of Philippine society. Hey, Mike. You know who would know know a lot about that would be my wife. Yeah, what part of... um, what Igor what Igor is she? She's hundred percent Igor. What what what's what part? She's uh half uh from Ifagao. Her mom's from Ifagao and her dad's from Banawi. You know the rice terraces? Yeah. Oh yes, yes, that's right. Yeah, her dad's from Banawi and her mom's from Ifagao. Ifagao. Yeah, if you want to ask her what, what dialect that is. Yeah, yeah I can ask her right now. She'll tell me. Oh, that's pretty cool though. So, wow. So you actually married somebody that is part of your original, um, I would say, yeah, were you, were your parents original? Well, no, is your mom from Ilocos also? No, my mom's from Nagillion in La Onion. Oh, okay. So she's not from that region. No. Okay. She's, she's down from the lowlands. Right, right. Low board. Oh. <laughs> yeah, she's she's by the water. She's by the beach. Yeah, so if you go all the way down the mountain from back. Yeah. Well, Igorot actually means of the mountain or people's mountain. Do they? And, hey, do they? Mike, do they still have the good? Um, speaking of La Union, do they still have good waves over there? Um, only in one place. It's called San Juan. Yeah, a lot of foreigners used to go there. I don't know. If, I know they go to Salt Mark Beside areas now. Yeah, they still go there. I mean, it's a lot of like um, we call them expats. Yeah. Like people from Europe and Australia. There's a lot of them over there. So it's not like North Shore waves, huh? Maybe like no, uh, it, nothing maybe, like North Shore waves. Yeah, so it's, it's more like uh, what do you call the sandy beach waves? More like Waikiki <laughs> waves. Yeah. Oh, the little baby one. Okay, so that's why you guys want to retire in Baguio because she's from there. Well, I want to retire in Baguio because the weather's just like San Diego. I sure. But not Baguio City, though, right? Ba Baguio not. City's weather is exactly like San Diego's. Cold at night, warm during the day. Yeah. 
I don't know. I just didn't like because I was closer. I, 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 I drove around SM and I drove around the other places that was so congested by. But maybe further outside is better. You know, I, I, I just had to probably get used to it. But yeah, it's just, it just seemed hot. That's why you don't drive. You you rent one of those or buy one of those scooters and just go around on a scooter. And uh, now I had the kids, but uh, no, but I, but I think I like driving in in uh, Manila better than Baguio. Maybe it's just the hills and everything. So my wife said the Ifigao dialect is Ifigao. 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 Okay. Yeah. No, is yeah. your wife? Um, so this is interesting to me. Just talking about going back to the religion. So is she Episcopalian or Anglican as opposed to being Catholic or is she Catholic? She's Christian. So, well, we're all Christian. So she is more. She's Baptist. Huh? She's a Baptist. Oh, okay. Okay. So. And they were part of a church that were also missionaries. Okay. So. Ah, okay. So, yeah. So that goes along with what I have researched because the missionaries, when the Americans came, they divided the Philippines out to different, um, between different Protestants because, you know, for the longest time, and it still is a very Catholic country because of the Spaniards. And the Episcopalians, the Seventh day Adventists, went up to Baguio. That's why I was wondering. Because that's usually, it was Episcopalians, Anglicans, slash Anglicans, and Seventh Day that went up to the northern Luzon. But se- but she's a Baptist, and that was from the missionaries. Yeah. Okay. And I actually went to her little uh, church and met the missionaries, and they're actually from America. They're American. Right. No, that that would make sense because the, there's we still have missionaries that are going to the Philippines, but now they're going south. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you'd be su- you'd be surprised in Samar. There's a lot of um, uh, what do you call this? Mormons who can speak Warai because they have to learn to speak the local language. They can speak Warai. These are uh, white uh, European looking European looking uh, um from America, but they can, like, speak Warai better than Warai people can speak Warai. <laughs> okay, so what my wife just said was if you're Igorot, no matter what Igorot you are, your language is Ifigal. Oh, okay. Huh? That's the dialect. It's kind of like Spanish, but yeah. every little region in, in uh, Igorot regions have different, like, uh, uh, accents, like Spanish, like Puerto Ricans versus Mexicans, you know? Oh, yeah, they, they just they just have a different way of pronouncing it. They Correct. So, but their language is is called Ifigal. Okay. I don't know. I don't know what Mama did. She speak Ilocano to your to her relatives or Ifigal? I don't know. She spoke. I think. She, they, uh, what I want to say is, she spoke Ilocano. Yeah, it's Ilocano, Mom, because 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 uh, um, I think as. When she speaks to June, my wife can also speak Ilocano. She speaks Ilocano. Okay. I think it's more yeah. universal. Yeah, Yeah, because I'm not familiar with Ilocano. John G. and I grew up um, in my mom's side of the family when we were very, very little. So we can understand a bit of what I, because my mom is from, from Visaya, Kapiloga, Kapiloga, the Visaya yeah. region. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah, but my dad, my, my dad is also Tagalog because he hardly speaks Ilocano because they, they grew up in Manila. Yes, and my dad is also the Tayag side is Pampanga, of course, but he can't speak Kampampangan. But our grandfather uh, can speak Kampampangan. Did you ever get you know to meet my grandfather, right? Because he already no. passed away. Yeah, I didn't meet him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mike, now we're on the subject, especially because we're yeah, we're just as I was going to ask you, you know, there's certain patterns um, with the Igorot. But you might want to have to ask your wife, is, are there certain patterns designated for certain parts of the uh, Baguio if you're from a certain tribe? You know, those, those, um, the patterns, those, uh, the clothing, you know, the pattern. Oh, you, the mean the, you mean the, the red and black stitching yeah. uh, cloth? 
Yeah, the clock. I, I think it's all all of them are the same. Okay, yeah, because I wanted to get I wanted to get a tattoo of that, but I wanted to make sure I got the correct one that's designated connected to Mamang's. Uh, but I wanted to make sure, like you said, if it's all the same, it won't matter. Yeah, your your sister Cherry was telling me that you wanted to go see um, what's her name up there in Kalinga. Yeah, but I heard that whoever the agent is now, she's she's become famous. He's taking over, or she's teaching her grand her grandchildren or her kids how to do it. She's teaching her granddaughter right now. And I heard she's got like an agent or something ever since she became like well known. Is that true? All reservation has to go through him. Or yeah, her? her name is Mar Maria Ogai. Okay. No, the agent. No, I'm talking about no. the agent. It's no, the woman. Yeah. No, I'm, I was asking Mike if if she's doing it directly, booking, or I heard the age. She has an agent now. So I went there pre-COVID 2017. Yeah. Me and one of my friends went to go visit her. Yeah. And how it worked was there wasn't an agent. Okay, she, so it wasn't. You go meet her, and it. She never. She didn't really take payment. She wasn't making any money. Oh, okay. So what? She would give you a tattoo if she liked you. Oh, okay. It's based. Okay. Okay. So and her tattoo. So when I went there, she was sick. So we waited like a day or two, and we weren't able to get a tattoo from her. But then after watching how they she did it, I I didn't really want a tattoo from her anyways. <laughs> Why? How did she do it? Because she uses a pomelo thorn and a stick. Oh, yeah, she I uses traditional style. It's not the it's, it's traditional style, style, but she never changed the the thorn. So can oh, you walk me so. through it? I don't know what that means. So she I took did. yeah. So she took four people. When she was getting ready to tattoo these four people, I watched her tattoo these four people. And all she does is these little circles, right? So if you get these little circles, um, she did a tattoo for the first guy. Then the next guy came, and she did a tattoo for him. Didn't never change the pomelo needle. Oh, so it's unsanitary. <laughs> Correct. So I was like, mm, I don't know if I want to get a tattoo from her now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, I got but it was it. cool to go see, and, and you know, I think she's over 100 years old now. Yeah, I seen. I wonder how she, who handles all her affairs, because she's, her exhibits are everywhere. Like, when we were in Canada, I seen an exhibit of, uh, I think, National uh, Toronto Museum, and she had an exhibit there. So I wonder who handles all her affairs. Because someone's making money off her. Maybe they're not telling her. For sure. Oh my gosh, I didn't realize. Okay, yeah. Her name is my... Wang, her name is Wang Odd. Yeah, yeah. That's what that's what she. But is. she only she only tattoos three little dots or two little dots because my other cousin um, went there and he went and got one and I was like, "What'd she give you?" Because you don't get to pick. Oh, you know, I so, get. She'll she'll meet you. She'll talk to you, and then she'll say, "Okay, I'll tattoo you." And then she tattoos what she wants. Okay, I mean, at least they got touched by you know before, because she's well known now. I mean, she's the one of the last of her tribe, or one of the last of her kind. So, so I went to a a, a well a traditional Philippine. Uh, his his name is uh, Sarat Buha here in San Diego, and he does yeah. traditional. Um, tattooing like we, we call it, it it's like it like looks like kalinga. kalinga yeah and then what he does so i went and got a tattoo from him and what he did was he asked me a bunch of questions yeah it's like our friend here you know lane wick he does it here like uh the guys i used to train with and he's like under lane wick and that's what they do they will find out about your history about your personality and they'll tie it into your tattoo so there's a story behind yeah it. So yeah. you really don't get to pick what you want. He he literally just tattooed my whole life story on my leg. Yeah. Based on and interpretation, yeah. Correct. So yeah. Which, which is pretty cool. Yeah, cuz that's that's what most like old school tra traditional tattoos are. It's like whatever's on you it's a representation of who you are. Oh, interesting. So, so you know what's be cool though is if we all went and then <laughs> like 
Ifagao and Benawi and Kalinga and all them places. Because yeah, I have yet to go, but just to Kalinga. Yeah, I, w- I want to visit because, like I told my sister before, the Spaniards and and then the Americans came. I mean, that's what I was talking. She was saying how Mamang's father, obviously, that's just the basic tactic. They'll come in there and they'll pick whoever the the, uh, the leader or the chieftain is. So you know, once you you assimilate them, everybody else will follow. And that makes sense when they ask them to go to Hawaii. You know, to influence everybody else over there, so they could get more work. You know, Philippines has always been a. Besides the, I think the natural resource in the Philippines, besides, you know, the 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 nature the nature uh, elements, but people, people, you know, manpower from the Philippines has always been a major resource. Yep, for sure. Yeah. Well, I always tell I always tell my Mexican friends because I live in San Diego. I'm really close <laughs> to Tijuana, and I yeah. always tell them. We're the Mexicans of Asia, bro. Yeah, we are. Well, we're in the Middle OFWs, right? In Philippines, are, yeah. You know that's what Filipinos are. You look at all the nurses and the doctors in all professions here. We, yeah. you know. Yeah, because your mom is a was a nurse, right? And she's retired, and your wife is a nurse, correct? Correct. correct. Yeah, and even like people forget the Navy when they open up. The Navy to the Filipinos, even if you're a professional, you can only get certain jobs. You can only be a cook, barber, or, or do something uh, that, that didn't even match your skill set. I mean, you could, even when I was in the military, there was a lot of guys who were from the Philippines who were like teachers at UP. Some were about, were about to be physicians, but some of them weren't citizens. So they just joined the military because of the money and just to get the citizenship. You and know? they were cooks probably in the Navy because every. Yeah. Every Filipino I know that was in the Navy was a cook. Yeah, the old school ones. Yeah, because that was the exchange. That's why there's so many. You go to a a, a predominantly Navy uh, town, there's a lot of Filipinos in there. But, okay, I just want to go back to Mike's grandfather, Papang's, Papang, I mean, Mamang's cousin. So he was in the U.S. military. And that's how you guys got. I don't think so. parents went to Guam. Oh, no, he had a construction company. He had a construction yeah. company. Sorry. So that's how he, he went to Guam. And then I met him actually in California. So that's where he settled after Guam. Is that Correct. how they he ended in, up? I think he was in Oxnard. Oxnard. Yes, that's right. I We went to visit him. So, Mike, speaking of your grandfather, so did he start the construction construction business in, in the Philippines and then carried the experience and uh, probably the capital over to Guam or he started everything in Guam and just had the experience of running a construction company when he was in the Philippines. I'm going to be really honest with you. No one's really our part of the family. No one's really talked about. Well, now you got your homework, brother. <laughs> I mean, I've tried. I've really, yeah. when, when Cherry told me about your guys' podcast, I was like, man, so I tried. I yeah. literally tried to we took the DNA test and um, and I really tried to go far back, and I couldn't find anything on my grandfather. Just well, my you grandmother. Could probably ask your, I could, you could probably just ask your dad about it. Just basic stuff. Just hey, dad, like did did Lolo did he have a construction company in the Philippines where he he had the experience and he start he used that experience to build his capital in Guam. So. What I know, and this is what I know, I know that my dad um, was raised by Auntie Carling. Oh, oh, in the Philippines, okay. and then my dad didn't go to Guam until he was a, a I want to say, seventeen or eighteen. Oh, so wow, my dad okay. was the youngest. He was the youngest uh, sibling out of all of them. How many so, were there? How many were there? I think there was eleven. You got? Oh, oh. there was eleven. <laughs> I was thinking you guys were like four or five. Oh, I didn't know it was 11. I don't even know. I think he had 10 brothers and sisters all together. Oh. So there was like five each. Wait. One, Uncle Eddie, Auntie, Uncle Ricky, my dad. Well, I knew about had... Uncle Eddie. Ed, Uncle Eddie was the one in Guam too, right? Wasn't Uncle he Eddie was the one running for senator. Yeah, he was trying yeah. to be mayor. He was trying to be a senator of Guam. Yes. That's so, right. Yeah. 
Yeah, so that would be interesting. I think during the war there were more a lot more babies, I guess, because they were just in the jungle and had nothing else to do, I guess. Because even yeah, my grandfather, yeah, because it, it seems like the numbers from seven to eleven kids back in the days, people who were from like World War Two era. That's crazy. I mean, you got to put it like COVID. I mean, everybody <laughs> I know either had kids or got divorced. <laughs> you know what? It, living abroad. They couldn't bring the whole family, so some family members, and this that still happens now. Yeah, have to stay back in the Philippines. Oh yeah, well I knew that part, but it was just kind of interesting because I that, that's why I was just wondering if, if the grandfather, if your grandfather had the construction business and he just carried it over, or he started it in in um, Guam. In Guam, yeah. So when they I were in Guam, asked, yeah, I just asked what was going on. You know what's cool about you guys is. That Mamang told you all their history before she passed away. Yeah, I have a recording of her. <laughs> we were just sitting because sometimes she, when she comes over in Vegas, I, she always stays at my house when she can. And then or I'll take her to different places. And actually, the, the, those last few hours of conversation, I, she, we were just sitting there. So I put my phone on record. So it was, I'm gl actually glad I, I had her on like th the three-hour recording we just talked about. Wait, wait. Um, you live in Vegas? Yeah, I live in. I, this is where I was last stationed at before I retired. I think I oh, told you yeah? that. Yeah, I yeah. I was, I was, well, I was six years active. I got injured. Then I went back to school. Then they brought me back to Department of Defense. I was a trainer, and then I had to. I was training these guys, uh, but my, my I had so many like injuries from training. So they said either you get a double knee replacement, or. If you do get a double knee replacement, you, you're going to need one in a few more years. So I medically retired. And then I started, uh, I registered as a disabled veteran-owned company. And I started doing private contracts for the government. See, I need to ask my dad more of these questions because he's telling me stuff I never even knew right now. What? He said, um, I said, so how did grandpa get to Guam and what did he do there? He said grandpa was a contract worker, a mechanic in the Philippines, and um, they sent him to Guam, and he later became a U.S. citizen. Okay, that's good. So so he was there just like how most Filipinos, he was he was there like like an OFW, part of a, yeah. uh, agents, an agency. And then when he got there, they probably liked him, and they get where whoever he was working under, they liked him, they kept him, gave him a green card, and became a citizen. So I guess after uh, he became a citizen, he started the construction company in Guam. Okay. Okay, that makes sense then. Yeah, that so does make sense. Well, see, I was very fortunate that when I was very close to Mamang, and when I was growing up, she used to tell me all these stories, spend the weekend with her. And back then, you know, there was no, there was no iPhone or cell phones, and I just had to rely on what she told me. It, it always lingered in my mind. And then it came alive when we went to visit you guys in Seattle because in the East Coast, we were focused on Papang's side of the family because they were mostly there. And then when she brought us to Seattle and Tacoma, then all her stories came alive about her relatives, uh, about she telling me about Lolo Tom, who I met in the Philippines when we went that summer. And then... Um, and then you guys, and of course her cousin, she was very close to your grandfather. That's why we had to go visit him. Um, so, and her mother died during World War II and she didn't even know about it until a year after he passed away. Because, you know, everybody was hiding yeah. during World War II. So you guys are from her mom's side of the family. That's crazy. Yeah. yeah that's... Did you meet Uncle Tom, right? Lolo Tom. Yes. Yes. So does he have kids? Does he have kids? I don't remember. Yeah, he yeah, does so... have kids. He has kids. Well, it would be it would be good to find out and reach out to him and his kids so they know have they have a connection. <laughs> so so there's a bunch of like half 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 uh Half put they half Filipinos out there, or maybe quarter now. It's a maybe. quarter now. <laughs> yeah. But the funny part was that he could he spoke Ilocano, and he went actually to the embassy to the U.S. embassy 
to try to get his citizenship, but he didn't have any papers because he never knew his father. And wow. he's, and but you know, you saw the pictures. He looked very Caucasian. And, yeah. Because they were trying to say, "Hey, prove it that you're an American." He's like, "Just look at me." But <laughs> and yeah. So I think he. I don't know if he eventually got it, um, but I think he did because his kids did come over to the U.S. and visit Mama in Belrica. Oh, wow. I don't know. You weren't there anymore, John G. So, yeah. 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 Um, that would, yeah, that would be interesting to, to follow. That. I wonder if his kids, his kids probably speak Ilocano. Yes. Yeah, they probably do speak Tagalog Ilocano, obviously. Well, and he that's... spoke mostly Ilocano, a little bit of and Tagalog. And that's his, crazy. And his accent for the English is a Filipino accent <laughs> of English. Yeah. Well, like you said, I mean, he probably developed like he spent such a long time there anyway. So that's pretty good. Yeah, that's kind of interesting, like how your grandfather, I guess it's, it might be like Tayag, Navarro, or Mamang Papasai, because everyone's in construction, you know, one way or another. So the Senato side, that's your, your so your grandfather. Yeah. Yes. And... So your grand, your great grandmother, she must have been. I don't know Mamang's um, mother's last name. I just so my grandfather's. Usually, I think how it works is your your middle name is your. Yes, that's right. So my grandfather's middle name is Villarmino. Okay, so then that must have been their last name. Uh, That must have been Mamang's mom's last name too. Then, so that's. Villa. When I was doing all the research, it was actually Bellarmino. Bellarmino. It wasn't a V, but it was a B. He, it was a B, not a V. Oh, oh, interesting. So, if you look at his, like, I visit him every time I go to the Philippines, you know, and his middle name says Villarmino. Did the whole, you know, ancestry thing. His middle name was Bellarmino. Oh, that's interesting. So everything was like, for me, is like super confusing. You know, I, I tried and tried and tried. I want to say I did for about two years try to build this family tree. And I couldn't find anybody past my grandfather on his side of the family. Oh, yeah, because I asked my dad what was the last name of you know, because you were asking me that and he actually didn't even know either because he did meet his grandmother, Mamang's mom, but he hardly remembers her. That's crazy. And he didn't know her last name. He just knows the Navarro side, of course, because his middle name is Navarro from her father. Yeah, Yeah, you got to start asking your dad questions now so you can explain it to your grandchildren and your and your, uh, no, your child. I've been asking him. Yeah, you know what he always says to me? He goes, ask that to Carol. She knows more about it. <laughs> she and knows more. When I ask to Carol, she don't really know anything about it anymore, you know? No, no, I'm talking about your dad, like his story. At least you can explain it to your son and grandchildren before he forgets. <laughs> I'm telling you. Yeah, his like his said, story, how army and he all said, that. I know Uncle Tom. He lives in Aurora Hill. He works for San Miguel Brewery. <laughs> Oh, my gosh, that's probably the other connection is because our grandfather, because I know you, my our grandfather and Lolo Tom were friends. And they both eventually worked for San Miguel Corporation because yeah. Papang was the head architect for San Miguel, uh, San Miguel Corporation. And what does Lolo Tom do for San Miguel? I don't, I don't even know. Uh, well, of course, I think he's passed away now, right? Because he would be oh, yeah. Mamang's age. He would be over 100. Oh, well, time, time, to hit the, time, time to hit the Facebook and look for his kids. <laughs> hey, lo- dad probably will know. Yeah, I mean, all, that's all you got to do is contact, talk to dad or find him on Facebook if he knows the last I name. I think we should all go on a trip to the Philippines. You know what you should do? We should. We should. You know what we should do? Just start a Facebook strictly on this lineage and just invite the people you think that 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 are connected to us. That's that what we lineage. should do. 
Yeah. Yeah, you should put Tag Navarro Facebook group Facebook and then those are the only people you're gonna invite, at least that way you can chat. No, not just Navarro, because Mama's side of the family is not or, just Navarro. Well then whichever mama whatever is that side, that dad's side, and you know, I mean mama's side and dad's uh and then your side so you can connect it on the he Facebook. Said, my dad said he died a long time ago, way before Mama. Oh wow. Oh yeah, that's true, because Mama did mourn him. She said that was um yeah, that was her brother. Um, yes, we should go to the Philippines. Of us, that would be a trip. That would be very interesting. Oh that would be fun. Yeah, I'm. I'm actually going in two weeks. Okay, well, we'll probably um, we'll probably join you the one in October. Hey, Mike, when you go when you go there, can you give me some um, not bahi not bahi sticks? If you can get bahi sticks too, but uh, the uh, I know it's hard to find over there. The uh, Kumagongs, uh, our knee sticks. Let me know if you can find some. I'll just pay you. Oh, yeah. I can hook yeah. you up. I know exactly where to get those. Yeah, because I went to the market up there. I should have gotten more because now everyone, like, you know. Okay, Judge, why don't you explain to our listeners what it is? Well, Kumagong is a, 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 almost like a very petrified wood out there along with Bai, but now they have the anti-logging. But it's, a, you know, the, the, the our, our knee screaming sticks that they use is a very petrified hardwood that's hard to find now in the Philippines. They're like sticks for martial arts. Yes, for screma. But yeah. that, that those particular wood now is just almost like it's very hard to find. So yeah, Mike, if you can, I know I, I bought some when I was there, but they, they ran out. If you can, I'll just give you the money if you can bring it back. Yeah, no worries. I got you. Okay, uh, let's, okay let's wrap this up. I have a lot of editing to do. Yeah, Mike, let's I start, up. start asking your dad uh, about your his, his history at least, we can't go back. Yeah, because I I know he has a lot of history with Mamang too. So okay, and I All think right, he was well, in Guam. I believe it was in Guam. Yeah, well, I know my dad has a lot of history with your dad because he lived in Guam. Yeah, I didn't yeah. know Mamang lived in Guam. I think Mamang was in Guam for a little while, or somebody was from Boston. my dad. My dad, my dad was living over in Guam. He knew he was close to your dad. Okay. Thank you, everyone, for listening. This was a very interesting session with my cousin Mike and my brother. Yes, thank you. Madami salamat. Magandang gabi, magandang maga, magandang hapon. Madaming salamat. Mike? Thanks. Thanks for having me. Anytime. You're welcome. Anytime. Find out more about that history, and I'll have you come back with us. All righty. Sounds good. Okay, right, and also, we'll have you come back you guys have after a good your one. trip to the Philippines. For sure. For sure. Okay. Okay. All right, take care. Uh, Bye. Bye.